Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I am seriously so pumped to hang out with you today. I know the music was a little different at the beginning of this episode because, drum roll, my new song came out. So of course, in honor of the song, we have to jam out to On This Side of Heaven today. Y'all, if I share the end result with you, which is the song being released, it is definitely fair to share with you, my friends, the beginning. So buckle up, because sisters and brothers, we are about to dive into my life. God was writing this song long before I even wrote it on paper or even sang a single note. I'm so thankful that all of season one of Faith and Friends, we were able to just listen to people's stories and lean in and listen and learn and grow and love. But (laughs) I'm just so excited that as I get to host this podcast, that I would get to share my life with you personally. And so I am really, really pumped to just share my story with you. So here we go. Here is my story on this side of heaven. born on May 17th in 1999 in a family that, honestly, I can't remember a time not knowing about Jesus. We were so involved with church all through growing up. My mom tells me stories of putting the little bouncy seat up at choir rehearsals because she would be in the church choir singing. And then my mom took over the puppet ministry, which if y'all don't know what puppet ministry is in church, go look it up because you will, oh, you're going to laugh until you cry. It's so cute. So my mom led that and my dad played in the praise band. So I was always at church. I saw him through the way that my parents lived their lives. No, not perfectly. And I wasn't the perfect child either. So man, they just allowed my heart to know his just through their actions and through the way that they treated others, how they treated me, and what we did on a Sunday morning. But as I got a little older, I started to understand, you know, this is a Bible. These are Bible verses. This is God's word. It's alive and active. This is a hymnal because I grew up at a church where we sang songs out of a hymnal. So fun. Such sweet memories of mine. I honestly would not be who I am today without this foundation in the church. I was raised in a Lutheran church, and so that was really fun. My whole family went there, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my aunts and my uncles. And then when I was around 11 years old, things started to change. I really didn't understand much because I was 11 years old, but I can tell you that it was one of the most shaping times in my entire life. When I was 11, our church had a church meeting about just some doctrine things that are we going to follow this under the Lutheran, you know, denomination. And 
All I remember is I sang a song before the meeting started with our worship leader, and it was called Bring It All Together. I was like, this, singing this song is just going to make this meeting go so good. And (laughs) after that meeting, we never really went to that church again. I had to leave everything I knew, and it was really, really a hard time for me. I remember laying on my bed and just crying and listening to the video of me singing that song, and I was like, but God, I thought I thought this would solve everything. I sang the song. This is the truth. You're going to bring it all together. <laughs> but little did I know he was bringing it together, but it was just time for a new season and a new church and in a new place. So... After that meeting didn't go the way that we had originally planned, the church split and there was two different churches now. So we had to start from the ground up. We didn't even have a building, y'all. It really showed that the church isn't the building, it's the people. When I turned 12 was when all this started coming together and (laughs) they didn't have a worship leader. So guess who they came to? Dun-da-da, me. When I was 12, They said, Georgia Brown, and they handed me a hymnal, and they said, you're going to be our worship leader. I really didn't have a second thought about it. I just was like, okay. I saw a need, and I met that need. With the help of my mom, we put the music together every Sunday, and then my dad would play the guitar, and I would play the hymns, and man, I hmm, was not playing the piano for that many years, but really overnight, I had to grow up quick. There was no youth group. My brother and I were the youth. And so that was honestly really hard for me because I didn't have a youth pastor that I could go to or other kids my age that I could say, hey, are you feeling this way? Like, have you experienced that before? I just had to be kind of an adult and grow up, which really taught me a lot about music and myself and being a leader. But also not having community was really hard on me. This girl started looking for her identity in all the wrong places because she didn't have people around her to cheer her on to <laughs> to Jesus. I started to find my identity in <laughs> not Jesus, but the world. And the one thing that really stuck with me was finding my identity in another person. So from the age of like 14 on, I always thought I had to have a boyfriend. Man, and it didn't solve the problem. I had done things that I shouldn't have done at a young age because I didn't know better. (laughs) I did know better if I would have opened my Bible, but really, I was leading without learning and listening to God. I was trying to pour from an empty cup of showing up on Sunday and just playing the songs, praising God through the music, and not praising Him fully through my life. And let me tell you from someone that has gone through this, I was still empty at the end of the day. If it was not feeling beautiful enough, if it was not feeling like I had a purpose, none of those things could be met with trying to find my identity in a boy to tell me that I'm beautiful or to find purpose in fixing another human so I can feel like I have purpose and worth. I came back empty time and time again. You know, I had such a great foundation with music and learning to play the piano and a great church family. But like I said at the beginning, I can't remember a time I didn't know about Jesus. But there was a time that I didn't fully know Jesus. I hadn't fully walked with him in the cool of the day to understand who he was, why he came, and why he was just so good. 
I saw his love, but I never had touched his heart before. (laughs) That really started when I came to college. My faith became my own when it was just up to me. I will never forget driving from Arkansas to Tennessee that first time. I remember crossing the bridge from Arkansas into Tennessee where you like head into Memphis and you cross the Mississippi River. Oh man, I remember seeing the Tennessee sign and just silently saying in my heart, God, I want to be the best version of myself that I can be from here on out. And I will never forget just this peace in my heart, the Lord whispering, then come follow me. Come, come and meet me. I will meet with you. I've never missed an appointment with you, but just come and meet with me. And so college is when I started having a quiet time every morning. No, not perfectly. And it wasn't like one day I just woke up and I had this huge prayer closet. My freshman year of college, I started with just one verse. I would put it on my hand. I would put it on my mirror. I would post it on Instagram to share and hold myself accountable. Man, everything started to change when I started to seek him. Because he does change everything. I totally started to see where my worth was. It was in him. I started to see that I was beautiful because I was looking in his word more than I was in a mirror or in another human being. And so (laughs) college is when I found him. And college is where I also, I lost my voice for a while. I had to learn life. I had to learn lessons. I had to learn of his love. But also with that came healing. The healing of the hurt from the years past had to be stitched up. No, no more putting band-aids on things that really needed stitches. Because the scar can show his story. But the band-aid, <laughs> I have something to hide if I keep trying to cover it up with a cute little Hello Kitty band-aid or something. So my voice was taken away so his word would be amplified in my life. <laughs> Not just on a Sunday morning through a couple verses of a hymn song, but in and out of a melody. I got connected into a college ministry that changed my life. I love that I'm at a public state university. I'm at Middle Tennessee State. It is so fun. And this university is so involved with campus organizations. I just felt like the Lord was drawing me close through the signs on campus to go to this one specific ministry. And so at their fall launch, I went and man, I had always longed for that community And I finally got it. God's timing is so perfect. It's so cool to see prayers that you've prayed years ago be answered years later. And then when you're in those moments, you can feel his peace around you. And you can finally understand, okay, your timing is perfect. We were made for such a time as this. And now is the time for me to plug in. So I did. I got plugged into a small group. And it was just so, so great. I loved all the people. (laughs) Honestly, I have never had more friends in my life. (laughs) I couldn't say that in high school. And if you would have told me in high school that I would have so many friends in college and that I would be plugged into a church that I love, I wouldn't believe you because I didn't know things could get better. So to my sister or brother that's listening, 
I've been there. I know it is hard. But trust me when I tell you, things get better. Just hold tight to him. Cling to him. Cling to what is good and flee from what is evil because he has your best at heart. And so, man, I learned so much throughout these first few years of college and from semester to semester. I started to notice, okay, God, I'm going to school for music, but I'm not doing music. This is kind of strange. Like, I was so frustrated. I was like, God, why am I here if I'm not even doing the thing, you know? And I just remember at first being so stubborn and not wanting to hear his voice. But after a while, he was like, Georgia, I have some things that I got to teach you because in other seasons before, when I put you in the leadership position, when I put the people in front of you to help lead you, (laughs) you didn't listen. You didn't listen, my daughter. I need to teach you these things now. So we got to tend to the ground of your heart. We got to pull out some weeds that you thought were flowers from the surface, but were really hurting the ground of your heart. We need to just sift out the land and make sure it's ready for the harvest and for the blossoms that are to come. So in the first few years of college, I learned to hold a door. I learned to hold a bulletin out to a friend and give them a big smile and tell them that I'm so glad that they're here. I learned what godly friendships were like. What does it mean to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger in your day to day? I learned that I am more than a melody. I am more than just the things that I think I'm good at. And during this season, I said, God, show me the things that you've put in my heart that I don't even know are there. Now, that is a dangerous prayer to pray because y'all, he he is so much bigger than we could ever think or imagine. We are just reaching the surface of our heart and the spirit that he has given us. So come to him. Ask him to reveal things in you. good and maybe reveal some bad things that he wants to uproot in you. It's really hard, but it's so worth it. And I learned it all through these these college semesters. It was a season that I really learned a lot. They are some of my favorite memories ever. But really, after a while, I was like, God, I really want that microphone back. <laughs> and he, he told me, Georgia, be still and know that I am God. But after a while, I listened I leaned in, I learned, and he finally gave me a little bit of the microphone back. But I can't tell you how different it was approaching a platform. Being able to lead worship at church again, I was refreshed. It was out of the outpour of my heart. It wasn't just out of the depths of my soul trying to cling to a hymnal. We're never called to just pour out and pour out and pour out. We're called to live in the overflow out of the abundance of our heart. The mouth speaks. As I just learned what it was to be a servant, humble and meek and just fully enthralled with his spirit, I could fully worship knowing it is not about me. I was given these gifts to glorify the one that gave them to me. And I can use my voice through so many things, not just a melody. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons I had to learn because I thought music was all I was good for. But between the seasons, 
God was so good in giving me other areas to grow my voice. Through Instagram captions, through hosting the Lifeway Girls Conference, to speaking, and y'all, God entrusted me with this podcast platform before I even released this single. How good is he? You are more than what you think you are. You are who God says you are and nothing less. Oh, man, I love you so much. And this is so fun to share this with you. I hope y'all, are y'all still with me? Okay, so college has been just so great. I'm going into my final year. And I think it's really cool that the Lord is letting me do my final victory lap of year four with music back in my life. And if you've been following me through college, music has still been a part. I've been leading worship once he gave me that microphone back. And I've been doing stairwell sessions with my friends. Y'all, we're just going to have to do a whole podcast episode on stairwell sessions because we love that. I cannot wait to tell you how the Lord just brought that beautiful, (laughs) that beautiful little side project. So I did have a little bit of music all through college, but I never had my music which it's so cool because every heart, every story, every song is different. Every soul is different. And so I cannot believe that I'm now able to share with you my heart. And honestly, I was kind of scared to put this song out because that's vulnerable. It's one thing to cover a song, and it's another amazing, beautiful gift to sing praise and worship songs on Sunday, (laughs) but there's something so special about sharing a melody that was in your heart in lyrics that the Lord has been writing in and through you. The release of my new single, On This Side of Heaven, is honestly the release of my heart. I remember at the beginning of quarantine, I didn't audibly hear God because he wasn't like, Georgia, it's time. It honestly was just this peace because before in the past three years of college, I did not have peace about releasing songs. And I knew that, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is peace because he is the prince of peace. So if I was supposed to, I would have felt peace, but I did not want to walk in disobedience, and so I didn't release music. But at the beginning of quarantine, I felt that peace. The Lord was like, okay, I've taught you a lot. (laughs) You still have a lot to learn, but I think it's time. I'm entrusting you with this once again, Georgia Brown. (gasps) I was so excited, but I was just also kind of nervous because it was like, okay, what song do you release as your first song Knowing who God is in your heart, knowing who God is, why he came, why he died, why he lived, and why he lives forevermore. So I went through my little songbook of all the songs that I've written the past few years. Some were really peppy and upbeat and really fun, and other ones are really vulnerable and just really melodic and ballady, you know? And as I flipped through the book, I came upon On This Side of Heaven. The song was finished. It was finished the day I wrote it. Ah, I can't wait to tell you how I wrote it. But I felt peace. I looked at the lyrics and I was like, God, if someone were to take a stethoscope, those little things that you can hear a heartbeat with at the doctor's office, if someone were to put one of those up to my heart, this is the soundtrack that they would hear. 
This is my anthem, and I pray it can be yours as well. This is why my heart beats. My heart beats so that others may know you on this side of heaven. I pray that when we're on the other side of heaven singing glory, 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 that you may say, wow, I saw God in you when we were on the other side of heaven. When we were on earth, I saw his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his gentleness, and his self-control. I saw it all in you. No, not perfectly, but I saw his face in a way that only you could shine. That's what I pray that people would say. And I pray those things over you, sweet friend. I pray that people see Jesus in you. I pray that every day, even if you, you know, stumble, that you get back up. If you didn't love well yesterday, love better tomorrow. If you didn't show that person kindness as you were driving by and you kind of cut them off in the parking lot or something, man, I pray tomorrow you just feel his love and his peace that truly surpasses all understanding and gives you the patience to just love his people well, even in a parking lot. There's so many beautiful things that I pray over you in this song is just that. It's my prayer. It's my prayer for what this side of heaven could look like. I'm just so thankful that the Lord allowed this song to be written onto my heart so I could share it because it wasn't written overnight. It was written through the season of singing his songs, but there was a disconnect between my head and my heart. It was written in the season of 15-year-old Georgia trying to find her identity in boys. This song was definitely written with the 18-year-old Georgia, (laughs) very innocent and naive to college and the real world. And this song was written through me for you. I love you so much, and this side of heaven needs you. Your story is important. Your story is specific. It is special. It is yours. No, it's not perfect. Mine's definitely not. And definitely, we will have some more deep talks about life on season two of Faith and Friends. But this is why my heart beats. My heart beats because he allows it to beat. Every morning when I wake up and take that first breath, I just want to give it back to him. And so I'm so thankful that I can share a little piece of my heart with you through a melody. So thank y'all for listening. listening to my story I'm so thankful that I can share it with you honestly there was a time in my life that I was so ashamed to share my story I didn't think it had significance I didn't think it was special I didn't think I was special but the more I know him I know my identity in him and I just want to share my story from the rooftops because it's all to give him glory to the friend that is scared to share their story I'm praying for you I'm proud of you. Your story matters. You matter. This side of heaven needs you. So, with that being said, let's talk about the song. Here is On This Side of Heaven, Q&A. Yeah. 
Yeehaw! I'm so excited. So, I put a little question box on Instagram asking y'all if you had any questions about the song. I love all the responses I got. This question is from at draw underscore near to God. She said, did you know you wanted to write a song or did it just come to you? So, I wrote on this side of heaven May 24th of last year, which, oh, I can't believe that was a year ago. I remember sitting at the piano and just wanting to praise him. I just wanted to play some piano and just have a little jam session with Jesus, honestly. But I had this theme in my head and I was saying the phrase a lot. I'd be like, on this side of heaven, you know, you are so loved. Like in my text messages, I'd be like, on this side of heaven, like you have a purpose and God is using you big time. Like I would just text that phrase a lot. So I tucked it in the back of my brain and I guess God had definitely written it on my heart because that was the first thing that came to mind whenever I was writing this song. I just had my journal nearby and just started writing on this side of heaven. And I remember writing the lyrics, just how you see them in in the song. Sometimes songs, the lyrics get shifted around after you've written everything out. But this was just my prayer. Each verse in the way that I wrote it was my prayer. And I can't wait to break down the lyrics with you in just a minute. It really just came to me. (laughs) I can say that it came to me, but really, who are we kidding? Like we were talking about earlier, God had been writing this song on my heart for a long time. He's writing things on your heart right now (laughs) that you didn't even know about from like five years ago or even longer. I had to allow him to take the band-aid off, stitch some things up, so then... We could sing about the goodness of the Lord that he did through all of the different seasons and all the different scars that I have in my life. Our next question is from Bethany Roller 5 How were you feeling when you wrote this song? Honestly, I really wasn't feeling like, ooh, this will be the first single I release or any of that. I really was just thankful that I could praise him. And I felt so much peace when I was writing this song. Because everything I was saying was true. And everything I was saying, I really meant it. Like, I meant it with everything that I had in me. And I think that's why I love this song so much. You can talk all day long. Trust me, I have. Scripture says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So to be able to speak this truth, (laughs) to speak God's word, that's what a lot of this song is. But to speak this confidently, Man, whoo, there's nothing more powerful than a Christian equipped with his word, filled up with the spirit, and having their spiritual armor on, and a fun song to sing, you know? And this actually leads us into our third question. This is from at pdoc9. She says, where did you get the inspiration? Let me tell you. The inspiration is all from God's word. It's all from scripture. Isn't that so fun? It's so crazy too because I'm really trying to do better at memorizing scripture. Is anyone else out there like not that good at memorizing it? Because for me, I have to like write it down and like read it a lot before it will stick in my brain. 
But it's so cool how even if you don't know a reference of a verse, even if it's just half of a verse that really stuck out to you that the Lord printed on your heart, you'll remember it when the right time comes. And so that's how a lot of this song was written, was scripture that was just overflowed out of my heart and into my lips and into the the song. And so I'd love to look at the lyrics with you right now if we could. Okay, we're going to start in verse 1. I'm just going to break down the lyrics for you and give you some references so y'all can look at the scripture. Because I think there's so much more weight to these words to know where they came from. First, let's start off with the obvious thing. The chorus is from Galatians 5, 22 through 23, which is the fruits of the Spirit. Which, honestly, before I wrote this song, (laughs) I don't think I could have named all of them. I definitely would have missed at least one. This is a great song to memorize scripture with. So let's name the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So every time you hear the chorus, I pray that you just rock out. So let's look at the first verse. On this side of heaven, I'll work in your name. In Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart, working for the Lord, not for people. So whatever I do, that includes a song, that includes what I wear, that includes how I talk to people, that includes if I am lazy, all the things. I'm going to work as I'm working to Jesus, not people. So I'm going to work in your name, Jesus, on this side of heaven. The next line says, And love those around me because you came. In Mark 12, verses 31, it says to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the second greatest command. The first greatest command is to love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So that should be our number one priority. So we are to love those around us because he came. And then the verse goes on to say, I give my life to you because you gave yours for me. In 1 John 3.16, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Lord, I'm going to give my life to you because you gave yours for me. So that whole verse is basically the foundation of my heart. Lord, I'm going to work in your name and love those around me because Jesus, you came and all throughout the gospels, you showed me how to love well. You showed me what it looked like to walk in the cool of in the day with my father. You were selfless. You walked wherever you went. You were never in a hurry. Here is verse two. On this side of heaven, I'll praise in the storm. I love Genesis 7. Genesis 7 is the great flood. You remember Noah and the ark and all the animals? Well, after God flooded the earth, do you remember what happened? (laughs) It was so beautiful. God sent a rainbow. And the next lyric says, And know there's a rainbow about to be born. So together that reads, On this side of heaven, I'll praise in the storm and know there's a rainbow about to be born. So yes, Noah praised God through the storm. He didn't know if they were ever going to get off of that boat. But he trusted God. And God in his goodness and his kindness, after the water, 
<laughs> there was a rainbow. After the lightning and the thunder and the sleepless nights. And it is here where we see that God is a promise keeper. The original design of the rainbow was intended to spread hope of God's promise. All the colors in the sky were to show that God is good and that he, he sees you. He sees you through the storm and he's a promise keeper. But the other reason why I put rainbow is because I have a lot of friends and you probably know a few people in your life too that have walked through a miscarriage, have walked through infertility. When a woman gets pregnant after having a miscarriage, that baby is called a rainbow baby. Isn't that so sweet? (laughs) It's God's promise. He sees you through the storm. Maybe it's not infertility or a miscarriage. Maybe it's a storm of anxiety, depression. The Lord is with you. He sees you as you're holding on for dear life in this boat, as you go along this journey where the water just seems so high. For I overcame the world. I see you. I knew you before you even saw the light of day. I knitted you in your mother's womb. And as I took Noah through the flood, I will take you through this storm that you are facing right now. And there will be a rainbow. It's so cool because, yes, this was in the Bible about rainbows, but all the time I see them after it rains. Do you? I think it's so neat that I just am able to see the sweet little colors in the sky. It's like God's little wink, you know? I love it. Okay, let's keep going. I'm rambling. I may not understand how this fits in your plan. The lyric, I may not understand. That's like point blank. You know, we won't understand. We won't understand everything. In Isaiah 55, it says his ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours, which is true. He is God and we are not. I may not understand how this fits in your plan, but on this side of heaven, I'll still raise my hands. Yes, I may not understand on this side of heaven, but God, you are God, so I'm going to trust you. Friend, I pray that you trust him today. And I love the word plan how this fits in your plan. Hmm, It may not fit in our plan, the things that we're trying to fit into our puzzle piece of our life, but that piece wasn't supposed to connect with the other piece. The word plan reminds me of the verse in Jeremiah. You probably know it. Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. He says, plans that I know that I have for you. That lyric is so humbling to me because he knows the plans and I don't. But I'm so thankful that I know that he is a promise keeper. He is the one that holds the plans of my life. He holds it in the palm of his hand so I can trust him because he hasn't failed me yet. And I know that he hasn't failed you yet either. (laughs) So on this side of heaven, I'll still raise my hands. (sighs) that's hard. Have you ever been there where you don't feel like worshiping, where you don't feel like praising him because things in your life just feel like they're falling apart? Hmm, I've been there. 
hand. Even when I don't know how this fits in his plan, I'll still raise my hands because like Noah and like the storms that he faced and all the other people that I get to read about through scripture, the God that we serve is a promise keeper. And if he keeps his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is going to keep them to you and to me. Amen. You can stop right there. (laughs) But we have a third verse. On this side of heaven, Lord, you get the glory. And I'm just a part of telling your story. I love that. It makes me think of Psalm 19.1, where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. (laughs) The evidence of God is all around us. (laughs) If you look in the mirror, brother, sister, you are evidence. You are God's masterpiece. You were made in his image. Yes, the trees are majestic and the little caterpillars are so cute. And I think it's awesome they turn into butterflies. We are the only thing that is made in his image. That is pretty darn cool because the sunset that I saw last night was also really cool. But that was just to reveal his glory. We're the ones that get to tell his story to his people. What an honor. Like, that gets me so pumped up for life, but I got to keep going on our lyrics here. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So on this side of heaven, I'm going to show them who I love. Okay, I stole that one straight from scripture. I'm not even going to try to lie. That one was uh, taken and inspired by James 1.17, which says every good and perfect gift comes from above. When God just places that beautifully in scripture... There's no words that I could say that would make it any better. So we just had to just put that in there because we love. And then you got your fruits of the spirit. So there is the song. Oh, my stars. Thank you so much for just joining along on this beautiful journey with me. Season one of Faith and Friends has been so fun. (laughs) The conversations we've had. Man, I've learned so much. And I really hope you have too. And I'm so thankful that I got to end this season with a song. I got to end this season with my story. I can't wait to share more of my story with you on season two, which will be starting in just a couple weeks. So until we meet again on Faith and Friends, I would love for you to download this song on Apple or Spotify or Pandora, wherever you stream your music. And I would love for you to give Faith and Friends a review. I'd love to hear from you. Did you have a favorite guest this season? Or maybe a favorite conversation? Something that you loved or something you'd like to see? I seriously cannot wait to hear from you. I love y'all so much. And I just pray that you know that this side of heaven needs you. On this side of heaven, I pray that you work in his name and just love everybody around you because he came. I pray you give your life to him because he gave his for you. Mm. May his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his gentleness, and his self-control be with you today. I love you so much. And until next time, don't forget how amazing you are. I'll see you soon. 